The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. Mary. You will be the way, Scrooge. And when I leave, we'll be free of him. We will never be free of him. What do you mean? Enough. We will get Christmas done, Bob. And we must speak again. Mary. We will get Christmas done! Yes, that's right. The Sleigh Bells are back. Welcome to the Yuletide TV podcast, the podcast where we watch and review random Christmas episodes. Today, we're celebrating Christmas in July, as we are only five short months away from celebrating Christmas in earnest. We have a fun episode in store for you today, depending on your definition of fun, I guess. Uh, But before... (laughs) (laughs) Don't lie. (laughs) If this is your definition of fun, actually, like... Find me on Twitter. Do you, like give me all of your information so I can call the cops on you? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> the fun being the discussion we're about to have, oh, which is going to yeah. be just savagely tearing into <laughs> an adaptation of the Christmas Carol. But you've already heard from him. Joining me today are my co-host Brian. Hello, Mister Chris. How are you doing today? Went a little Australian at the end there, and John. Oi, Mr. Chris! Better, better. You knew you, you knew your limitations, and you stopped, and I respect you for it. Mr. Chris, it's Christmas in July. Might we have the night off? No. Mr. Chris, use a Tuesday. Can we leave at three? No, work till five. Mr. Chris, but my dog, she's on crutches. Bah, humbug. Mr. Chris, my child has congenital dwarfism, and we didn't really know how to handle that in the 1800s. Oh, I went real New York. Yeah, it's it's like, that's a bit newsy, Mr. John. It's like, did did Harley Quinn join the podcast here, or? (laughs) I can only hold that voice for so long. It's amazing that that's what the entire entire landmass of England sounds like 24-7. That, Come on, just... Mr. Chris. Can we get going on the podcast? <laughs> oh, I'm down to the pub, governor. Oh, spot that ale. Spot a Christmas ale. Oh, spot gin for me, sir. I can't afford the ale. We will fight them in the streets. We'll fight them in the sewers, and we will never, never surrender. That's right, Mr. John. It's right on deed. Are we going? Are we going late, Miz? Now, what? What's happening? <laughs> no, that was That's like that was like the most oh, like Churchill. one of the most yeah, it's like the most formative speech of England, and I'm just yeah. making fun of their awful accent. <laughs> oh man. Well, I don't want to waste too much time on this, but how are you guys doing today? I'm all uh, right. How are you, Chris? <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. I'm like I'm on a I'm on a sleep schedule reset because in the post core world time is pretend. So I haven't slept in like a day and a half. So we're gonna do we're gonna do magic today. Ooh, it's gonna be punchy. All right. Yeah. Mm. Cha 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 cha. Well, Ooh, let's 
let's dive in. We're back on this Christmas grind, if only for an episode. It feels good to get back to to what this podcast is all about, which is watching, you know, Christmas Sometimes television. terrible and fucking awful Christmas renditions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fucking A. Let's do it, man. Also, also true. So I would watch Frasier a hundred times before this. <laughs> that I what would. What the I, hell does that mean? I'd watch. I'd watch ER before I watch this again. Uh, <laughs> I would watch the full weird adoption arc <laughs> of yeah. ER. Just like even like the like all the behind the scenes before I ever ever would want to watch this again. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Well, let's clue people in as to what exactly we're watching today for our christmas in july special we watched an adaptation of a christmas carol that originally aired on december 19th 2019 and is currently available to stream on hulu now this is where we would typically provide a summary for what we watch but i assume if you're listening to this podcast or if you have been alive forever uh, <laughs> you, under, <laughs> you, you understand the basic premise of A Christmas Carol. There's an old man. His name is Mr. Scrooge. He's a miser. Ghosts come and visit him. Poof. He's a nice man now. But what this version of The Christmas Carol makes very clear from the very beginning is that this ain't your daddy's Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, don't it's not think... no no it's not even <laughs> I don't God, think... this is your creepy uncle's christmas carol i don't think anyone's daddy is mature enough for the mature content in this thing <laughs> this is like this is a christmas carol written by an edgy 18 year old that just saw 4chan for the first time like the opening scene is a dude pissing on a grave well it, that's the whole that's the thing it's like this Adaptation is not interested in like easing you into the Christmas spirit. It is interested in coming up to you, punching you in the face, and going, "It's Christmas, bitch. You ready?" And it's like, "No, I'm I'm not. Like, why? Why is this where we're starting with Christmas? It's mm. not about. It's like not even about Christmas. It's just like it happens n- near to Christmas. Right. It is Christmas adjacent, if that." This isn't the kids waking the parents up on Christmas morning. This is a drunk uncle waking you up at 3 a.m. two nights before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's just kind of like walk through this because there's so much here that goes wrong that I thought we just kind of kind of take it piece by piece as as we start. So as as we mentioned, Brian, Brian's jumping at the bit. Get in here. I really am. Can we just open up by prefacing that this was originally a three-part miniseries on FX starring Guy Pierce, and, and, and strung together uh, and watching it the way we did, it's three hours long. It's it's three brutal hours long. <laughs> Fucking hours so, long. So wait, the first episode literally doesn't have anything to do with the part of the Christmas Carol people care about. Yes. Uh, hold on. Let me check my sources. That is correct. Yes. 50 minutes before he talks to a ghost. So that would have been with commercial breaks, episode two. The, yes. The first episode ends with the first ghost arriving. So, yeah. It's 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 mind-bogglingly long and convoluted to just get to a point where you're like, okay, now we're starting the part that 
is usually accomplished in most adaptations in the first 10 to 15 minutes. Like, I've, been doing, <laughs> I've been doing the, like, scream. Like, I've been having my, like, just hearing that. And, like, it broke my brain so much I just clutched my face during, like, your guys' interaction. This is, like, it's so baffling that this exists. Like, sometimes you can understand how a terrible piece of media, like, happens. And you can, like, backwards work the logic. Like, the room is, like... Yeah, like, it's not good, but, like, a guy got a bunch of Eastern European mafia money and wanted to make a movie, and you're like, yep, that's what that movie would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> like, this, I have, like, from, like, I presume, like, an adult wrote this, gave this to a different adult to edit, and then, like, they were like, yep, that's perfect, nailed that. And then they, like, gave it to a different group of adults to read, and all of those adults were like, yeah, that's this works. And then they yeah. were they like had to give that to different adults to agree to, and then somehow got fifty million dollars and made this. Multiple people <laughs> approved this, and on top of that, multiple people read the script and said, "I'm going to be a part of this." Like again, famed actor Guy Pierce, who is generally considered to be awesome, as well as Andy Serkis, very much considered to be awesome. Andy Serkis is pretty good in this. He's yeah. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and that talent shows at certain points throughout this, you know, you just get these little, little snippets, you know, you're like, panhandling even... through all this shit. And then you just get like a little bit of gold and you're like, there's gold in these Hills and you keep going. And it's like, Oh no, it's all bullshit. It's, it's a guy Pierce and Andy series to your point are like, they are doing the best they can with what they've been given. And what they've been given is a very like tonally messy, totally like no clear direction of like what exactly they're trying to do besides be like edgier and darker than your traditional christmas carol adaptation and like again guy pierce i would love to see guy pierce play scrooge in a like more traditional setting because like there were times when he was putting a nice little spin on things but then the script would just take him in places that were again just baffling to try and understand why these were the decisions they were making it's like had to be shock value and i just don't know like it like i don't know how even like the director wasn't just like catching stuff and like editing on fly with some of it because it's just like unless your goal is to make this so shocking that it gets internet buzz and like have like the content be so like drastic that you have to like that people like talk about it in the way they talk about like teeth or the human centipede. Like I have yeah. no idea like what the goal was. Well, right, and that's I mean, that's the thing we kept like we were texting each other while we were watching this and we were like, who is this for? And the only thing I can think of is like so this was a co-production with the BBC. This aired on FX. It's a co-production with the BBC. And I wonder if BBC was like shopping this around to American networks to like help with the financing. And FX was like, yeah, we'll do it. Uh, but, and then like made all these notes to like make it darker. And because it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Justified last time, where it's like there's a very distinct flavor to FX shows. And this adaptation has that flavor as well. Like, I mean, sure, Justified has, like, dark stuff in it. It's, like, a show about, like, drugs and people. Like, there's not an episode where someone doesn't get, like, brutally murdered or shot or something. But, like, the show has, like, a sense of, like, levity to it. 
and this is like devoid of fun. Oh yeah. This is a this is where your fun goes to die. Well, here here's the thing. I think that there is a place in the world for a gritty Christmas carol. You know, something a little bit more like realistic, and because it's 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 a, a industrial revolution. It's like a sooty, you know, kind of gritty London, and I, it's okay to portray that. I really like the set design and that atmosphere, but that doesn't mean your script has to be dark and edgy to match it. Well, and to John's point about like this is where fun goes to die. Like Scrooge, if you read a Christmas Carol. If you see a play production of it, which is that that's one of the things I like to do at Christmas is the Milwaukee uh, a Repertory Theater in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They put on a production every year. I don't go every year, but I go every couple of years because they, they do a nice job with it. But like Scrooge is a funny character. Like he's a f- like his cantankerousness, the curmudgeon th- that he is like that's amusing to people. And then that slowly transforms into someone who wants to belong and realizes he's been missing in the world. And that like makes him a little more relatable, but it's still funny. Like he's talking, he's, he's always trying to talk to people when the ghosts take him places, which is not something that they did in this. They didn't do that in this adaptation at all. I don't think. And that, I think you really lose something by removing that aspect of him trying to interact and intercede with his past self which he doesn't really seem to do here i haven't seen a christmas or read a christmas carol in a real long time like a real long time i think frosted tips were still in style the last (laughs) time i actually went through a christmas carol so you know some of this is kind of lost on me if i'm being honest I loathe this this like (laughs) this this is like among the worst things I've seen and it's like it's offensive on every level and we'll I will probably push that I'll push that towards the end of this like little diatribe but like when I saw a Christmas Carol for like the first time or first time I interacted with it a little play came to my school and did it when I was a little tiny boy like and like it was a cute story and I remember they did like a bunch of Christmas plays and I remember liking this one the most and then like so, like, it's something that, like, when I went into this, I'm like, oh, this, like, I remember this as, like, having some ability for kids to watch. Like, I could not imagine being, like, a parent and, like, taking, like, sitting my kid down, like, oh, it's a Christmas carol, like, you can watch this, whatever. And then, like, episode two, oh, boy, let's talk about pedophilia. Like, <sighs> like, I'm not even joking. I'm not even being hyperbolic. That's, like, a thing that happens in this. Yeah, it's well, and it's it's a common thread among this adaptation is that they just keep taking things too far when they don't need to. Like, it's not enough for Scrooge to be like an old, cold, cutoff man from society. Now he has to have OCD. Uh, you know, it's not enough that his dad like doesn't like him and leaves him at his boarding school over the holidays. Now it needs to be that his dad was pimping Scrooge out to the headmaster of the school to get fondled over the holidays so he could get free tuition. Like, it's just so unnecessary. Like, you can just, like, the story works just fine with Scrooge being, like, a piece of shit because he's greedy. That's, like, a very Dickensian theme. And, like, that's literally the only Dickensian theme. Like, (laughs) so, so, like, 
It works. The system has worked. You do not need to justify why he's a bad person. And then also, like, well, he was a bad person because he had a difficult childhood. Oh, like, was his dad mean to him? No, his dad got him raped and then killed his pet mouse. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, and that's why he, like, started, and that's why he, oh, if you're, you know what? Let's actually double down on that. What makes him a bad person? Is it his greed? Is it because he's mean to his workers? No, he also commits a sexual assault. Like, it's so, it goes so far. Like, it's too far. It's this right. is, like, the worst thing we've done, and it's a basic network, like, or it's a basic <laughs> cable show. Like, how did this happen to us? It's it's very, very fucked up. Very fucked up. And it completely misses the whole point of, what like, connecting two people. You know, like, when he's alone at, uh, when he's alone at his boarding school, I think that's a very basic human emotion that people feel every now and then is, oh, I feel alone on this special day. But with Scrooge, it's just that he turns that into resentment. And that's his, that's his uh, 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 mean streak. That's his angle for being a cantankerous old man, right? And they've taken that away. Yeah, like they're. I think they're like maybe trying to like make him like. I don't even know why. Like why it would be necessary, like for him to be like empathetic, but like I just feel like whoever like wrote this or directed this was like, this is my only chance I'll ever get something that people watch. Let me do twelve riffs on things that are happening in current culture and put it in a Christmas Carol, because this is about like. <laughs> Because Christmas about, like, Carol is such a blank slate for people to insert. And that's time. what I've always <laughs> yeah. It's what I've always said is you can just go ahead and throw your commentary about um, the modern state of like you know how corporations are run as well as like your take on how we should be treating <laughs> abusers in society, which is weird because this fucking movie ends on a pro abuser stance. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's I mean. Th- we're kind of we're kind of jumping all over the place here, but that is the other like wild thing about this is his relationship with the Cratchit family. Like, first of all, like there's just so many weird choices that are unnecessary. Like changes they made to like again just hit you over the head and be like, "Ooh, this is different than what you're expecting." One of those being that like the the opening of the 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 adaptation where like bob is trying to leave work early well bob doesn't try and leave work early he tries to ask off for christmas day which he never even does i don't think in this like Mm. he he, and like still gets it off i guess but no i think they give him christmas day off already and he's just asking to leave early on christmas eve yeah Yeah, because he says like you're you took tomorrow off and now it's like now you're asking for to leave at three today instead of four. Like, what's it gonna become? Like he's like slippery sloping them or whatever. I know, but it's just like an un like it's a yeah. convoluted unnecessary change for no other reason than because they could change it. I guess like it's, and then of course we have this whole you know what John's been alluding to is that there's this whole subplot that we get with uh, the Cratchit family and uh, Bob Cratchit's wife getting uh some additional money to help pay for tiny tim's uh doctor's appointments and oh who had where'd the money come from well it it came from scrooge because he wanted to see if he could force bob cratchit's wife to if she would like sell her body to save her child and how he could make that a transactional exchange 
Yeah, and and that whole that like his little like monologue there, I'm sure in someone's mind who like was creating this was like this is very smart. It's not. It's oh, just like God. unintelligible. It's so not. It's like unintelligibly just like it's like it's like reading like right wing Twitter. It's just like just, <laughs> well, it's just nonsense words on top. It's like Jordan Peterson's Twitter. It's just words on top of words that are like, and eventually this will sound smart. Well, and it's worse than not being smart. It's so against the character of Scrooge. Like this whole, it's it's like they were trying to make him Sherlock Holmes. Like the the more like the Sherlock Holmes, the more modern Sherlock Holmes is we've got, where it's all like I'm super analytical and studying the human condition and all this stuff. And it's like Scrooge doesn't give a shit. Like that's his whole point. Like he's not out there doing experiments on people. He like right. he's cut off. He doesn't care. Like, that's the whole point, is trying to get him to care about other human beings. But to say he devotes his time to figure out these transactions, like, that's not what that character is about in any way. Somebody watched Sherlock right before they started either directing this or acting this or writing this. Because that's what I was kind of getting the vibes from when uh, yeah. they when, when he was acting. Like, why... Why is he pretending to be Sherlock Holmes? Why is he, you know, like breaking down everything in front of him and, you know, giving the logical reason? Oh, Christmas isn't logical and that's why I hate it. It's like, no, you asshole. (laughs) You hate it because you don't have anybody in your life. Yeah, like I think by the end of it, he kind of like, he does kind of like allude to like one of the reasons I dislike Christmas, which is just like, it's really annoying. It's a really (laughs) annoying holiday. But like, it's also just like, I I think there's like I think we do really in current writing overvalue like subtlety like way too much and like like over like we like we need everything to like have like a super hidden meaning and like why is this character like this is just like whatever there's like a tremendous value in just like hitting someone something over the head and just being like this guy's a piece of shit because he's a piece of shit and like <laughs> it just yeah it's that, that's okay it's a one-to-one equation it works fine and then this they were just like no everything's a shade of gray (laughs) it's like no it's a piece of shit bob cratchit's an inherently nice man (laughs) right if you've got good actors like they do here then you can just say hey this guy's an asshole this guy's a good guy and it will work because you've got really great fucking source material for it too even though I haven't read it in a decade or two. It's it's fine. We vastly overvalue Charles Dickens. <laughs> but it's <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to your, going back to Bob Cratchit for a minute, too. Like, I think when you see these... I, the one thing I didn't like about his portrayal here is that he is, like, a little... Just like everyone else, he's, like, a little nastier. He's a little more, like, like in your face uh, than you typically get. And, like, again, that's not the point of the... like you have to be able to contrast him with Scrooge and you do that by making him a very like genuinely sweet and caring and uh, you know, hopeful person where this guy was just kind of like, yeah, this job kind of sucks and you kind of suck and my life's tough. But like, there's no, there's no real hope with, with Bob Cratchit in this. I didn't really feel, I didn't really like him that much. He was my least favorite uh, I, I hate that character. I really, really disliked that. That uh, I think he probably did the worst job. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. I think Mary did a pretty poor job too, but he was like especially bad. Mm-hmm. But and like it's also because like, it's 
so hard to do a good job and it's like your character your portrayal must be schizophrenic because it's like <laughs> like the character doesn't make any fucking sense and it's yeah like they literally like have him openly be like yeah my life sucks that's why i'm here and it's like that's 2020 ish you know or like 2019 ish like let this be like of a different time it's fine that that's the other like weird part with scrooge's blackmailing of his wife is he's like your husband can never leave my employment uh and it's like what like again why do we need to make blackmailing like we don't need an explanation for why bob cratchit stays there he stays there because it's a job and he's poor and he needs the money like you know we don't need these all these extra layers they add to this just like weigh it down so much and make this three hour adaptation feel even longer than that it felt like they just like would do so much backwards writing to get to things that they like wanted a scene that they thought would be cool like definitely that dude pisses on the grave all right that actually could just be fine i assume (laughs) i assume jacob marley pissed somebody off but they're like no 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 sir allow me to justify this by showing a mind collapse yeah like, like, like now, now they're making Scrooge and Marley straight up murderers, like in in a couple of different ways, and it's like we don't need them to be the like again, like the whole point is that he gets redemption, he gets human connection at the end of this story, and in this, it's just like he's way too far to ever think that whatever redemption he gets at the end is well earned. And their redemption feels just hollow as shit at the end. Oh, super it's like, hollow. Oh, absolutely. Because it's oh so abrupt. It, like, they don't, like, show him, like, progressing or, like, changing slightly. You know, it's like he has, like, a good interaction with his sister. Well, and then it's, like, and a good interaction with Marley. And then he's like, yes, but I must save this boy who I, I have no reason to care about. Like, I think he feels shame about how he treated his mother. But, like... They just, like, don't give him a character. Like, they don't give him, like, a redemption. They're just like, and then he fulfilled the story so we can all go home. See, again, though, here's some parts that I really liked about it. I mean, you kind of talked about it already. It was the mind collapse. And, no, they didn't have to make him and Marty out or Marley out to be, like, straight-up murderers. But I really liked how they showed him what had happened in that mine. Right. Because that to me felt like, oh, this guy is coming to term like the cause and effect of his actions and how terrible it was to be down there. You know, if this was if this was written better, that could have been a really powerful moment. But I think it again, it misses the point is like they're they're elevating everything so much where like it's enough for him to like just see how he has treated people in the past in just passing that gets him to start understanding that he has maybe taken the wrong path in life where this it needs to be like again it's just so in your face about stuff and it doesn't to me it just does not work also there's the nonsense waste of 20 minutes of our life about the fucking cotton mill oh my god that like it doesn't do no, anything right? like you accomplish that with the mine that you show that like he's like his business lacks scruple well year, no. year three of scrooge and motley i that that part i was okay with that was that was kind of interesting again it's like this this whole idea of him being kind of ocd but like that i think is true like scrooge is a penny pincher he he knows he knows what his worth is so that was and that was kind of a cool 
scene, like a set, like a cool set piece with all the looms and stuff. But what I got mad about is that, you know, we've talked about this was three episodes. The first episode is all lead up to the ghost arriving. Total waste of time. But then the second episode is in in its entirety the ghost of Christmas past with all of this extra bullshit added into it. You have the mine, you have the loom factory, you have all this extra crap in there that just doesn't his sister pulling a gun and for some reason that being important yeah the yeah yeah again like her the sister can't just come and pick up scrooge from the headmaster she has to pull a gun on him because he's been molesting her brother it's like it's it's just so again to your point about that feeling hollow at the end you we have to rush through the final two ghosts and his redemption all in the final 50 minutes or so of this of this thing if I remember right, like, the last stave of A Christmas Carol is super fast. Like, that's, like, the point. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the Ghost of Christmas Future is is usually the, the least time spent. But I felt like we got really cheaped out of Ghost of Christmas Present because there's some really good stuff in the book and in other adaptations, one of which is um, you have Scrooge's nephew, Fred, um, who's like low key one of my favorite characters in the in these in in this story because you know he's this person somewhat similar to Bob Cratchit but with a more direct connection to Scrooge from a familial standpoint and in the in the book and in most other adaptations you have a scene where Scrooge being taken by the ghost of Christmas present visits Fred's house and sees them playing a game of charades and he's like playing along with them even though they can't you know see him or interact with him he's like playing along with everyone else at this party and you kind of get like oh he's seen like oh this could be a fun thing for him to come and join and then he realizes that oh they're talking about this like old thing it's kind of nasty it's this and he slowly realizes they're talking about him and they see him laughing they he sees them laughing about it and all this stuff and that's again just a very humanizing moment that they just completely threw out the window here yeah, I don't remember it being this... Ha- like, it... Well, like, it's obviously happier. Intentionally happier. But, like... They just, like... I, like, Scrooge is fun. I remember him being kind of, like... He's a shithead, but, like... He's fun. Like, he plays. He plays along with the bits. And then, like, that's kind of, like, what makes, like, the Christmas future stuff work. Because then it's, like, oh, he does get, like, scared, finally. Or right. whatever. Like, that's, like, the whole point. And then now it's, like touching moment with your sister now that you know that she saved you with a by gunfighting a priest and then then he has this like heartfelt moment and then it's like oh but my redemption i just couldn't have it because i don't deserve it because i'm just such a bastard (laughs) yeah i mean to your point about i mean we've all talked about guy pierce's performance in this which again is one of the better parts of it even if he seems to struggle with exactly what his Scrooge is supposed to be. And I was really hoping one of my favorite Guy Pierce performances is Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, and like, he's the bad guy in that and he is amazing. And I wish he would have like tapped into that a little bit more. Cause that character has some real nice, sharp, snappy edges to him where this is a little more dull than just like blandly. I'm a snooty. I'm a snooty Scrooge, and I, I don't care about things. This guy, you know what actually caused this show? Because I've just been looking, trying to figure out, just like, oh, work what? backwards through. Peaky Blinders. 
I could see it. Peaky, Peaky Blinders and Taboo. Those are the two. Every BBC show gets super inflated on IMDb. Right. But like, and this show is actually like, a. this is a seven on IMDb. This is why you don't use IMDb, everyone. <laughs> right. When I was researching this, it was interesting. It sounded like British audiences were more into it than American ones. Because, like, I think, like, the AV Club gave it, like, a C plus, And then some British paper gave it, like, four out of five stars. And I'm just like, Ugh. AV Club. I'm so, I'm, I'm actually glad. I'm so glad I made fun of your accent now, England. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here with this. I actually saw that Tom Hardy uh, helped produce this. You know, so going back to that, yeah. you know, taboo connection. Oh, sure enough. Yeah, they seem like a little little trust triangle of like pushing scenes way too fucking far. So why not? Have you seen <laughs> Taboo? Taboo? I've not, but I'm. I like. I used to really think Tom Hardy was like an incredible actor, and I think I think Tom Hardy is like the Theodore Roosevelt of acting. Like the first time you see him and hear about him, you're like, wow, this guy's great. And then like, as you get older and more mature, you're like, fuck this guy. (laughs) 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 He'll play a character. All right. But (laughs) yeah, he sure is a big intimidating guy. (laughs) Thanks. Can we take a minute to talk about the horses in this? Like what Uh, the hell was fetishization? What a majestic creature. What was the deal with all these horses and like such a weird choice? Like they, I think it's trying to show that he like can because he cares about animals. So like, because I don't know why they want me to have like Scrooge is like a redeemable character. Like I don't know who read a piece of fucking like classic literature and was like, well, I just don't think Charles Dickens sets up his characters very well for redemption arcs. <laughs> well, and that's that's the thing is like we see him do all this terrible shit later on, but at the very beginning we're supposed to be like, oh, the spirits of Christmas realize that he's worthy of redemption because he puts a blanket on a horse. Like, does that offset the scales? I don't think so. <laughs> I I think it'd be better if he was more redeemable throughout the rest of it. Well, I think they try. I think literally the entire point of Christmas Pass is to make you feel like he he'd never had a fair life sure and here's my point though if you look at him putting the blanket on the horse right and then compare it to him and all the shit he's done since then like blanket on the horse you don't know all the shit that he's done you think okay maybe this guy's got a little something in him that you know like he will be redeemed by the end of the movie but then he goes through all that shit and they show you all the bad things he's done and you're like oh no this guy's an asshole fuck this guy he's responsible for like 50 some deaths right <laughs> commits commits a sexual assault yeah like this but a horse that horse was cold that horse was that cold. horse was cold uh, yeah you know and if they had <laughs> stuck to the script and didn't add all the edgy shit i would think to myself oh that's that's the wedge in the door you know, to like, you know, Scrooge's heart. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think that would have been like a good small moment to be like, oh, this guy isn't like a complete asshole. But then again, you get everything after which shows, oh, no, this guy is horrendous. And it's also there's so much other horse stuff. Like there's the horse <laughs> dies in the mine. Yeah. There's the like we have. And that's these... like the first thing he cares about is he's yeah. like so upset that that horse died. <laughs> yeah. Like this horse from his childhood died. There was something with the horse when it pulled him away from the headmaster. school. I don't, it's just like 
why so much about horses <laughs> so okay so here's the thing again pretend, pretend i am a uh, uh an executive giving back notes to the writer um hi okay yeah we just read your script a little edgy but we think the british audience is gonna like it so we're gonna adapt it and send it out to america too uh only note on the script um we can't have scrooge fuck a horse so if you could cut that out <laughs> everything else we I, everything else, everything we else is, is fine great. I mean, this seems to be like a circle based around Tom Hardy, and his background is experimental theater. So, uh, <laughs> if I learned anything from my my college theater class, my college theater class is experimental theater stuff. Like, Lord knows where that shit'll go. So, <laughs> like, oh God, it hurts. Can we my, like? Can we talk for a minute? We we've really we've spent about 30 minutes just like ragging on this adaptation. Let's, let's spend a few minutes on a more positive side. What, what, what did we like about this beyond if there was anything beyond the performances we've already mentioned, like what did you guys like that they did in this adaptation? I liked the minute and a half we had where he was treating a mouse kindly and remembering his childhood. That's it. Okay, and, I'm done. And then what happened to the mouse, Brian? Well, I mean, then he threw it out the window, and yeah, that's when I stopped it. liking it. <laughs> right? I'm not his a monster. Hun- his dad was hunting it with a knife. Um, I I thought like there was like there was like Guy Pearce connected really well with a few of the other actors, and there was some like good chemistry. I thought um, the stuff with his sister was really good, like when she was being when Christmas present. Um, I thought that was like there were some pretty strong tender moments there. I think he did a really. I think the last scene was pretty like the not last scene. That scene sucked. That's the worst scene ever. Um, I, the part where he's like sitting on his grave, which he objectively doesn't care about, which is his entire like motivation for change, in the in the novella. But who the fuck cares? I guess. But like when he's talking to um, whatever his business partner's name is. And they're like they kind of have like a pretty good interaction, and that's pretty well shot. Some of the cinematography is actually good too. I think well, this is very much a Zack Snyder cut. Oh, <laughs> God, yes, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder's favorite Christmas movie is this. There's right. not enough. There's not enough green screen. I. I think, uh, uh, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> I think you know, John. To your point about like the the end. I I mean the the ghost of Christmas future. You know that's where it all comes together. It's it's kind of like the powerhouse at the end of this story that that gets Scrooge to open his eyes fully and wake up and change his ways. And to me, this thing was so long. It had so many eye rolling moments. Like I don't even remember like what happened. In the, like I know he had a talk with Marley, but I think to your point, like there wasn't anything really truly scary about that. And I'm thinking of like you know some of my other favorite adaptations of this are the mickey's christmas carol with scrooge mcduck um and he like when he gets with the ghost of christmas future he's like literally falling into his uh graves hole and it's like flames are coming out of it and he's like clutching onto a root hoping not to fall in and like that's when he wakes up or even like the muppet christmas carol which we mentioned too like the muppet that is guiding michael Caine's scrooge is like pretty terrifying like it's a very scary 
presence to have around and this i just like didn't get any of that yeah. fear so again it just that redemption ends up being pretty hollow at the end yeah right? i thought it was really weird i i remember kind of being, i actually was kind of stoked for that ghost because that's the spooky ghost it's never not spooky even when it's for little kids and then it was just like ah he has his mouth stone shut and he'll push you yeah <laughs> and it was like you went so much you spent two hours and 45 minutes of my life making me watch some of the darkest fucking shit and then you don't even pay it off like right. at all you give me like dollar store fucking pinhead <laughs> that was no 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 that was a d tier doctor who enemy yeah like just sucks yeah and like does nothing like well here here's the thing too i think to a degree with this adaptation all of the ghosts were essentially the same character but you know different timelines and different people well, aside from the sister, I guess there were, they, like you said, there were some tender moments there. But like, it's just like we gotta show you something. No, the third ghost is supposed to be like a scared straight ghost, right? And it's supposed to knock you on your ass, get in your face, and show you why you're afraid of death. I will say, like that end scene. One of the things I liked about this in general was um, the role that Marley played. So, like, there there was something kind of nice about being at the end of the two of them talking on their graves um, in the graveyard was kind of cool. And I like this idea of like Marley getting a little bigger role and kind of being this cheerleader from the sidelines and kind of popping in and seeing how Scrooge is doing and rooting for him. But I just like, I think handled in a much different way than this was like, this was, it's a good idea, but it was not executed well, which is a lot of, what this adaptation is some interesting ideas at play here but just terribly terribly executed yeah steven graham acts his fucking ass off in this he yeah he's going like, to he's also it's tommy from snatch if you're oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Man, tommy he's afraid of the germans and <laughs> and going to hell <laughs> very afraid of hell yes <laughs> you, you you know what we didn't mention that we should have the fucking bizarre hell scene. <laughs> I like that. I I I kind of dug that to be honest. I I was okay with that for the most part. Although again, the idea that the guy who makes the chains is someone that died in one of their shops. I'm just like, okay, enough. Like I was already like, this is enough. <laughs> Chris, I I don't know if you're, I like, so like I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast enough, you've kind of. You maybe have come to realize that I keep my sickle sharp and red as fuck with my hammer. But, like, <laughs> even I think this maybe goes a little too far left. <laughs> it's just, like, and, like, it, it's absolutely right. Like, investment isn't a job. Like, that's, like, a pretend thing. It's not a skill. And, but, like, it's just, like, it spends probably of its, like, runtime an hour and a half being, like, business is bad. <laughs> like cool we get it yep. they were they weren't they weren't good <laughs> like still got it i know we're doing a third we're doing a there's four examples <laughs> like i got it after one yeah real easy <laughs> there's there's again it's just so much trying to hit audiences over the head with with crap that is 
just so it's just so unnecessary where it's just like you have this nice it's you know the christmas carol is a pretty simple story like i which is not to say there isn't subtext to it and and deeper meaning but it's you know it's a pretty simple story and just again you add all these layers to it and you start distracting from what makes it so special in the first place well, it's the simplicity of it that makes it special too. You know, it's it's accessibility uh, that you can relate to. Because uh, again, in the original Christmas Carol, I think there are moments, and again, I have not dipped into this in a long time, but there are still moments where you know you can connect to Scrooge, you can connect with the yeah. you know downtrodden family. You know, I hate work too. <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know, and and it just subtly builds off of those to show you kind of like past, present, and future. I, well, it's, yeah, like the, it's a story where like we were supposed to like take deeper meaning about like how you treat people and stuff. And like, you can't get a meaning out of something that like the character, like no one is as bad of a person as the Scrooge in this is. Like there are people that do exist that are like abject monsters. And maybe they can relate to this, but your average—they <laughs> ain't person, watching this. <laughs> yeah, like, like your average person doesn't by the end of this be like, you know, I should really consider how I interact with the people less fortunate. Right. Like, because they don't, <laughs> like, they haven't been like, they're still going like, God, this guy fucking sucks. <laughs> like, like they're no one's being like, I should donate to the homeless. I should do a little charity. You know, this was a good lesson because you can't relate to you. No one out there has killed 50 people and then like did like the weirdest sex crime in the world. Like no one can relate to him and no one can grow with him. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's like the end of this, just to kind of focus on the end here, it just gets so muddled because you're like, wait, why is he like because he sees this image of tiny tim like falling through the ice like we it can't again it can't be enough that tiny tim is crippled and like has bad health and then dies like he has to die by falling through a pond while ice skating like it but then it's like (laughs) but why why he wants to save tiny tim like i never really like figured it out because it's it's God, it's so frustrating just trying to... Is it supposed or... to be that, like... I think maybe it's supposed to be that he's affected by all the the families he destroyed with the mine collapse. But is maybe, like, why they tried to show that. But it doesn't make sense. Because he, like... He just feels shame. Like, he doesn't well, yeah. feel like bad. He feels ashamed. But that mine collapse thing happened five fucking hours ago in this odyssey of bullshit. So how is the viewer supposed to connect it? Yeah, well, and that's again in the in the in the original story, like he wants to save Tiny Tim, like that's definitely a part of the story. He doesn't want to see Tiny Tim die, but he comes in at the end and is like he wants to be better to the entire Cratchit family, and he you know wants them to live a good life, and sh- he wants to show them that he's changed into a different person. And at the end of this, he comes in and is like Bob, I know you're gonna resign. And you should. And here's 500 pounds. And I'll see you later. Hopefully your son doesn't die. Mary, sorry I blackmailed you into taking your clothes off. Deuces. <laughs> like, and it's just like, okay. Like, little, little, other little girl. 
don't go to that pond. (laughs) Right. He comes in like an insult comic trying to turn things around and it just doesn't work. It's like just so, and that's why it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel genuine. And it's five minutes of a three hour runtime where he's like a redeemable character. It's, it's, it's a thing. Well, the whole last thing. And then and then I I don't I we're we're getting close to wrapping up here, but the one thing we need to talk about is the very very end of this, which is after the Scrooge leaves the Cratchit house, we get Mary looking out the window watching him leave, Bob Cratchit's wife, and she's like says something like thank you spirits and then looks directly at the camera and I'm like, "Wait, is she a witch? Like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, she, like, says, like, a line at, like, when she's, like, leaving about, like, how he, like, should be cursed by spirits or something. But yeah. then she's, like, she, like, stares, so, like, she, like, is looking out the window at him. Or at nothing, because, like, the angle doesn't make sense there. Right. <laughs> um, so she's just looking out the window like an insane person and is, like, spirits of future, pre- of past, future, present, we still have more to do. And then she, like, glares at the camera. And it's like, are you trying to, like, say, like, I need to look within myself or something? Did a 12-year-old write this? Did a 12-year-old writing his first story write this? Is this, like, what the result is? Like, <laughs> I hope... Th- Did you write only the bad episodes of Peaky Blinders? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's tune in in 2021 when we do A Christmas Carol 2. Scrooge in the future. Honestly, I was waiting. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, was this supposed to be like the Marvel style stinger after the credits? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? What are we setting up here? Like, is Mary on some crusade now to go save everyone's soul at Christmas? Like, it just—it's so mind-boggling. I just it's... could not figure it out. <laughs> Tune in next winter for the Doctor Who crossover. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Mm. All right. It, it could only, it can only go up. <laughs> yeah. From this, most things can go up. <laughs> but I think that is a good spot. We, we've kind of, again, we were kind of all over the place, but we wrapped up at the end. Uh, let's do our final judgments. And yes, we get to go back. We get to go back to our beloved Christmas criteria, which is, oh, thank God. Are we calling this a Christmas classic? A pair of socks or a lump of coal. John, I feel like you really want to get in here on this. <laughs> uh, it is a lump of coal. It is an F minus. It just should not be watched. It shouldn't have existed. I'm frankly offended people like it. I'm like, maybe now I'm like, am I too sensitive? <laughs> like, it's, it is, it's just a buff. It's a disturbing thing that exists. I don't know. Like, if you need to watch something terrible, like, I don't know, watch The Way Out. Like, <laughs> like that will hurt your brain less. Like, no one wants this. I'm sorry, The Way Back. Whatever that shitty Ben Affleck one is. <laughs> Brian, what are you thinking? You know, Mr. Chris, I was thinking, is there a level below the lowest one? <laughs> Man. I have to insult I have to insult the audience if I want to get my point across. <laughs> is is there a level below lowest? I I mean we might have to 
come up with one to qualify this. <laughs> well, this is the lump of coal that came out of Cameron's ass and Ferris. I can't do it anymore. Uh, no, this is just really bad. Um, really, really bad. Uh, this was the first lump of coal they tested with Cameron's ass and Ferris Bueller to see if a diamond would come out, and uh, diamond did not come out. <laughs> Just a poopy coal. <laughs> Just a poopy, poopy coal. This ruined my July, and I presume it will ruin my July through December. <laughs> I'll be having like a stretch of good days, and I'll just be enjoying the sunshine, and then I'll think about it. <laughs> there is no palate cleanser. And I'll just, it'll be in my mind. And if anything, this has the opposite of desired effect, and I'm going to treat people worse because of this. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I if you couldn't tell, this is this is a lump of coal all across the board. I mean, it's the one caveat I will say is that it is like it's super long. It's super super long. So I do not advise watching this. But if you are the type of person who gets fascinated by really poorly made things and bad decision making in Hollywood productions, this will like just keep you going like what for three hours because it it's it just doesn't make any sense to me it will not get you in the christmas spirit do not watch this with your family do not watch this at the holidays don't watch this ever it's a lump of coal <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like right. it, this is this won't like i don't it's not as fun as like watching other terrible things like it's oh, not no. as fun as the room <laughs> it is nowhere no. near as fun and like you couldn't like it was fun from a discovery aspect. It is it would not be fun to go back and watch this and watch no. these same mistakes be made again. Yeah, I I like stopped partway through, um, and then like went, debated restarting from the beginning, and I started to, and then I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> right, <laughs> like that, that, you just had to push through. Yeah, that first fifty minutes is is a nightmare. It's it's yeah, really, I, I, it's I, really I, tough. <laughs> I kept it running while I was checking prices for turnips in Animal Crossing. Did you have good prices? Uh, no, yeah, in a sense that they're indicating a spike tomorrow. Oh, I never like learned enough about turnips that I was probably just short mine, which is fine. Yeah. I just I, I play stupid. <laughs> if you watch this, though, just expect to do your best Tim Robinson impression of him going, What? for three hours <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, i'm not going to the movie what merry christmas we're happy you're alive <laughs> unless you made this then you know what you did <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's about gonna do it for this christmas in july special i did want to mention uh the other a, a little while ago i was a guest on the christmas past podcast hosted by brian earl uh great podcast uh for all your christmas needs he does a really good deep dives into old christmas traditions he reads uh old christmas stories that are now in the public domain he has other christmas ex experts on his guests uh, if you're looking to get your Christmas fix, that's a really good place to start. Uh, I was on with, played Two Truths and a Lie uh, with two other Christmas podcast hosts. Uh, their podcasts are Christmas Clatter and Christmas Book Review. Um, it's a really fun episode, actually. Um, lots of good little Christmas trivia across a wide range of topics. Uh, if you want to go check that out over at Brian's podcast, Christmas Past. But 
we're not quite ready to dive fully into the Christmas season yet. And so for our August bonus episode, we're going to do a little back to school special and we're going to watch the movie Accepted. Fuck yeah. Ask me about my wiener. <laughs> I hope you guys have hobo stab insurance. <laughs> I've been working with some very powerful herbs. <laughs> Blowing shit up with my mind. God, this uh, I'm so excited. This is gonna be so nice. It's I'm gonna smile again. It's it's gonna be, it'll be good. a nice it'll bounce be really back good. after after this episode. We are going to be kind of going to, again, sort of our main tenants. It's it's not really easily available to stream anywhere uh, at the moment, but, uh, you know, it's probably a cheap rental on iTunes, and uh, if you have stars with Hulu, it's it's on there at the moment. So uh, check it out if you want to watch along don't. with. please <laughs> don't. There's nothing on stars. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, too. In the meantime, while we're gearing up, towards the christmas season as always you can rate review subscribe to our podcast totally helps out uh just get more eyes on it and uh, especially as we gear up for season two because we got we got fun stuff in store otherwise reach out to us yuletide tv at gmail.com we're on instagram twitter at yuletide tv all that good stuff you've heard it before you'll hear it again that's just how we end the episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah good Good, good, good. Just housekeeping. It's all just housekeeping. Until next time, though, I've been Chris. I've been Brian. (laughs) Why, mates, it's still John. And we're (laughs) damn glad you've been alive, Governor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With the last little part with... God damn it, Polar Express. I know. Um, we're really on a roll Express, here, and it just wants to... a fucking break. I know. That's what I'm like. It's I'm a, just like, can we not for once? Can we just not? It's, it's just going to wing by with Tom Hanks leaning out, being like, give them a break. <laughs> they tried their best. You know, Chris, you should really type write a letter to Tom Hanks and ask him to, you know, just comment. Yeah, just cut this shit out, because we got a podcast <laughs> to do here, and we can't keep right. all these freaking interruptions. Oh, God. Tom <laughs> and- Hanks. <laughs>